Nick Crawl found his right-handed outfield bat. Will Myers is an awesome move for the Reds. I'll explain why. I'm also getting my hopes up a little bit about a breakout for Jose Barrero in December. Uh, I'll tell you why. And later on in the pod, I'll tell you why Steve Cohen is doing Major League Baseball a service for multiple reasons. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and I'm Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I am a lifelong addict of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that addiction into information for you. Steve isn't going to be with me today, just you and me today talking Reds. He'll return tomorrow when we've got an Aloha Friday. We've got a lot to react to here today on the Locked On Reds podcast. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. And today we are going to be excited. In, in fact, it was just before I was getting ready to hit record. The announcement came down. The Cincinnati Reds have signed first baseman slash outfielder Will Myers. Now he is a corner outfield type dude. Played a lot at first base as well last season for the Padres, his final year as a San Diego Padre. And, and the Reds got their right-handed platoon bat. We've been talking about this pretty much since the offseason started, that this was a need for this team. As the Reds looked at the strength of their outfield, it was really in the left-handed bats. They needed some complementary pieces because their left-handed bats don't hit left-handed pitching very well. Jake Fraley, TJ Friedel, pretty much shut down by Southpaw. So you got to go get some dudes to help out. Will Myers, Nick Solak, who they traded from the Rangers, will help out with that. But Will Myers is going to be an awesome option for them real quick. Here's the info on the deal. The deets on the deal one year for seven and a half million dollars. They've got a option, a mutual option for 2024. And then, um, and, and actually they have, so it's $6 million salary in 2023, $1.5 million buyout for that option. So it could be seven and a half million. It could even bump up to nine and a half if he's traded. So there's a little bit of understanding here that if he does increase his value exponentially in the first half of the year and the Reds do end up trading him, they're actually going to pay him a little bit more to trade him. So it's it's a it's probably an incentive to get him to come here. Now, if you're a hitter, this is the perfect spot for you. And, and Will Myers, I think will have a good time at Grand American Ballpark hitting there. The last three years, he's had an OPS plus of over 100. This is a huge reason why I love this deal. He has been a good hitter. And in fact, for his career, his slash lines aren't even that different based on whether he's facing right-handed or left-handed pitching. But the good news is he's good against left-handers. So that's what the Reds were looking for here. And this is right in the wheelhouse for the kind of deal we thought Nick Crawl would be looking for. The fact that it's for a guy like Will Myers, who throughout his career, he's had his ups and downs. He, he was a top prospect whenever he came up with the Rays. Whenever he was traded to the Padres, he was kind of seen as the Padres guy. This was back in 2014. He was seen as the dude for them. 
and he kind of took a little bit to get to the point where his expectations were whenever he became a Padre. And I think that that's part of the reason that some of you may be looking at Will Myers and saying, okay, well, is this really that big of a needle mover? It's a needle mover for two reasons. Number one, it fits what we've said the Reds have needed in a right-handed bat that you can stick in the corner outfield. But also number two, he is the kind of dude who has shown it throughout his career and could be a big piece for this Reds team. It gives them that roster stability right in the wheelhouse for what the Reds were looking for. The Reds weren't going to go out and sign a $20 million guy, but he absolutely fits the bill. Seven and a half million, like we said, for 2023. And I love the fact, too, if you look at his splits last year, because Against left-handed pitching, he slugged 496. He almost slugged 500 against left-handed pitching last season. That's going to bring some stability to this lineup, which is huge. A, a lineup that when you get Tyler Stevenson back and when you have Jonathan India at 100%, and maybe you know as we get into May and June and stuff like that, you have Ellie De La Cruz and you have Christian Encarnacion Strand, you're starting to see a little bit of a better run scoring potential from the Cincinnati Reds, something that they struggled with mightily last season. Will Myers can absolutely fit in there. Plus he plays the corner outfield. He played a couple of games in center field last year. Wasn't really that great at it, but he wasn't detrimental either, but in the outfield, he was pretty solid. In fact, fielding statistics on him while well, he used outs above average in defensive run saved. So according to baseball, Savant, he had, plus two outs above average in right field, plus two outs above average in first base as well. And then according to fan graphs for his defensive run safety at plus six in right field. So he's a pretty solid fielder out there. You're not going to see a drop off if you take Jake Fraley out and you put him in. I love to see that from the defensive side. He, he checks the boxes in the bats, but also among all of this other stuff, and for folks that, you know, kind of want to look at it through a negative lens, if he doesn't pan out, so what? Like, I mean, it's a low cost. This isn't the kind of uh, contract that's going to kill you because it's only one year. And if he doesn't work out or if he does get hurt because he did have an injury issue last season, then whatevs, man. Like, he's not blocking anybody. And the Reds aren't going to be counting on him to help them get like they weren't a Will Myers away from the postseason. Let's let's put it that way. And they're not looking to get into the postseason this year, although they could catch lightning in a bottle. But if he catches some upside, if Will Myers does the Brandon Drury and hits 20 home runs in the first half of the season, oh baby, we're cooking with gas because this is a great signing by Nick Crawl. Absolutely phenomenal. I love to see the fact that this is another move. And we've talked about the different, you know, like minor league signings and things like that. And guys who could pan out and all this other stuff. Will Myers, I think we pretty much know who he is at this point. And he is going to be a stabilizing veteran presence for this Reds lineup and for this Reds outfield that still doesn't necessarily have that guy, the, 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 bona fide outfield player and we'll talk about that here coming up in just a moment but how that could all play out will myers could be a huge mentor and the kind of guy that could see how the torch gets passed in the reds outfield but kind of like i mentioned too i'll, I'll talk about this for just a moment probably the reason 
that he was available for one year, seven and a half million. He is a little bit later on in his career, but also last season he dealt with a knee injury. He had right knee inflammation stemming from loose cartilage flap but behind his patellar tendon. And if Steve were with me, and I'll probably ask him tomorrow on our live edition of the pod, but if Steve were with me, he could give me a little bit more explanation about that. But it was something that he opted not to have surgery on, and he just rested and rehabbed it. And so that kind of sapped his playing time last year. He only played in 77 games. But he is the kind of guy that the Reds can move around. They could platoon Joey Votto if they want to. This could be an interesting uh, conversation too. But definitely they will be able to platoon Jake Fraley and TJ Friedel with Will Myers, a huge, huge deal. The Reds got the right-handed platoon bat for the outfield. Another good move by Nick crawl this off season. And we're checking off boxes here. There, there's lots to get into with the effect that will Myers will have on this roster. And we'll talk about that as uh, we go along in this off season, but very excited to see this was again, this was around lunchtime on Thursday. If you're listening to on Thursdays today, but just in case you're watching or listening to this on a different day, Around lunchtime on Thursday, the news was broke that the Reds signed will Myers to a one year, seven and a half million dollar deal. Nick Crawl did it again. Jose Barrero, we're going to shift gears a little bit here and talk about the Reds used to be shortstop of the future, but he hasn't stopped working since the season ended. And the work that he's putting in has me excited about a breakout in 2023 for him. I know, maybe getting a little ahead of myself, but I'll explain why coming up next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports wagering information when you're talking about baseball, the futures. I'm sure that uh, the Reds' World Series odds might have bumped up a little bit with Will Myers, but it'd be really hard to go down. I mean, when you're at, you know, whatever, 100 to 1, you probably aren't going to go much further down from that. Uh, but it's it probably, if you can check out, MLB futures like that. You can check out NFL stuff. The Bengals opened as four-point favorites. I think they're down to three now um, in Foxborough against New England on Christmas Eve. You can check that out. You can check out NBA stuff, uh, NCAA basketball. Bowl season is upon us. All kinds of great stuff can be found at betonline.net. They've also got all the latest player developments, team matchups, news. They've even got some good podcasts there for you and in-depth articles and analysis on every game. That you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information live betting and up to the minute scores for every single sport out there it is the fastest way to check in on all your favorite games and events so head on over to bet online today using your desktop or your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online is where the game starts thanks as always for making lockdown reds your first listen coming up tomorrow We've got an Aloha Live Friday edition. It's going to be really different because I'm going to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt and it's going to be about negative 40 outside, I think. That's what they're saying. I mean, they're saying that it's going to be like four degrees is the high on Friday here in Ohio. So that's going to be interesting to see. And Steve's going to be able to rub it in my face that he lives near the beach. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. But you're going to want to join us on Aloha Live Friday as we're going to get Steve's take on the Will Myers signing, and we're going to talk more about what the Reds need to do next, i.e. pitching. I, I, I love this because here recently, 
I saw an update about Jose Barrero. Jose Barrero is playing in the Puerto Rican Winter League. And in fact, he was not at Reds Fest. If you got the chance to go down to Reds Fest, you'll notice that he wasn't there. And the reason that he wasn't there is because he was going to Puerto Rico to get ready to work. Sorry, take a sip of coffee there. But he's going to Puerto Rico to get ready to work. Ever since the season ended, he hasn't stopped working. This guy didn't start taking, he didn't hit the links. You know, he, he didn't go to a beach. Somewhere. He might have taken like a moment or two for himself after the season just to kind of decompress, but he got right back to work. And the biggest thing that he has done is change up his swing a little bit. Um, I continue to believe that the Reds are far better off if he figures out this hitting thing and Barrero is putting in the work to figure out the hitting thing because uh, there's been a couple of different articles. There was an article by Bobby Nightingale in the Inquirer. Doug Gray wrote something at Red Like Nation. There was something at Blog Red Machine as well talking about some different stuff that he did. And, and Doug Gray even had a highlight video that was posted from the Puerto Rican Winter League of Jose Barrero hitting a grand slam. And when I say he hit the grand slam, I can't post the video um, here on the show because I don't have the permission to do it. But you go check it out on Twitter. When he hit the grand slam, he hit it to dead center field. This He wasn't like – it wasn't a cheapo, right? He, he didn't hit a uh, Great American Ballpark special, right? He didn't hit it into the basket Wrigley. He hit this thing to dead center field, and he hit a grand slam with it. And, and there's a couple of reasons that optimism is, is kind of perking up for Jose Barrero, and I – am just all here for it. I, I'll show you this. Picture. These are two side-by-side pictures. Here um, on, on the left side of the screen, you've got Jose Barrero from last season. This was his batting stance when he was, uh, you know, when he was trying to prove it there at the end of 2022. And right here on the right side of the screen, you've got him in Puerto Rico. You'll notice immediately the hands. His hands were lower last year during the season and now he's kind of ra he raised them up a little bit and if you watch the way that his swing progressed during the end of last season his hands he would lift them up anyway so part of his swing would be to lift his hands to get ready to swing and then swing so it's now it's if he's taking out part of that and he's just ready to go at all times i love the fact that you see that change and there's been some analysis, like Joel McKeithen has said, that the changes that he's working on in Puerto Rico were changes that they kind of identified as the determining factors for the lack of uh, results last year. Um, he said that he had this quote in Bobby Nightingale's article. He said, there are some specific things that maybe led to some results that we're addressing. He met with uh, Jose in, Puerto or in Florida before he went down to Puerto Rico. And they really kind of honed in what it is he's going to work on. Also here too, and I, I again can't show the video, so I can't show it to you if you're watching on YouTube, but his swing in Puerto Rico now, instead of him lifting his front leg and kind of do, you know, kind of doing like a leg kick before his swing, he toe taps that front leg. So he does a quick toe tap and then goes. And that's really kind of helped his timing out. He's, he's had much better results, and he's only played in 15 games so far, but in those 15 games, he's seen much better results in Puerto Rico. But, of course, the biggest thing when it comes to Jose Barrero is that plate discipline. And he's actually been pretty solid at it. Let me show you this graphic if you're watching here on YouTube. So in Puerto Rico, he's got a 286 batting average. Love to see that. Love to see the fact that he's got a 397 on base percentage. Almost 40% of the time, 
He's getting on base down in Puerto Rico. But the big thing for me, nine walks to 11 strikeouts, almost a one-to-one ratio. If I told you at any point in the season, I don't think you could take a 15-game stretch for those final two months of 2022. I don't believe you could take a 15-game stretch and see a strikeout-to-walk ratio of almost one. That is a huge improvement for Jose Barreau and my number one reason for being super excited about him. Because, listen, if Jose Barrero figures this out, if Jose Barrero breaks out, and whether he's playing shortstop or whether he's playing in center field, that is massive for this Reds team. We talked about it whenever, you know, around the trade deadline, whenever it was announced that he was going to get called up and it was basically going to be a sink or swim type deal for him. They're going to play him every day and see what happens. We, we said back then that if he can figure it out, then you're looking at options for Ellie De La Cruz. You don't have to stick him at shortstop. You can move Ellie De La Cruz to center field. Like we said, that would be kind of cool to see. Uh, you have options for Matt McClain. You have options for, you know, maybe even Edwin Arroyo, though Edwin Arroyo still a few years down the road, so that's not that big of a deal. But there's all these guys that, we're already talking about kind of moving them around because the Reds have so many shortstop prospects. But if Jose Barrero is at the major league level right now and figures it out, that's going to be amazing because Jose Barrero, I still think, uh, you know, we we've talked about this before you gun to my head. I'm saying that Ellie de la Cruz doesn't get called up till May 1st. So I still think that Jose Barrero has some time at the beginning of the season, especially if he shows that plate discipline in Goodyear for spring training, the Reds are going to let him try this thing for a little bit longer because as much as we want them to catch lightning in a bottle and as much as we want them to surprise the world and shock everybody and be a playoff team in 2023, their main goal is still evaluation. Their main goal is still figuring out who their studs are. And if Jose Barrero can enter his name into that discussion, that is absolutely massive for this Reds team. That's why I'm getting so excited about him. And, and in the article that Bobby had that was talking about Joel McKeithen's kind of uh, work with Jose Barrero right before he went down to Puerto Rico, he had some good quotes in there because uh, one thing that Joel McKeithen said that really struck me, he said, during the season, it's tough to really get down to the nittiest, grittiest stuff. There are some things we established that would be some focus points for him going into the offseason. I firmly believe, and Jose Barrero understands this, it's not as if we're telling him anything he doesn't know, but Jose Barrero knows that the whole shortstop of the future thing was going to expire. And there was going to be a point when it was like, all right, dude, are you going to be a part of this or not? And I think that we as baseball fans, we as sports fans in general, don't tend to give guys long enough to figure things out. Like, I, I know that with Aquino, it helped because he was so hot so quickly in his first real month of Major League Baseball. So we we tended to give him a longer leash. And since Jose Barrera really hasn't shown that at the Major League level, we believe that he's done. But he still hasn't had that much. The, the sample size is tiny at the Major League level. And the way that the Reds did him last year was so dirty because he wasn't ready. When he was in, uh, when in 2020, he wasn't ready then. And last year when they called him up, he was struggling at AAA in his rehab. And they called him and they said, sink or swim, kid. We know you've been hitting 209 at AAA. Here comes some major league pitching. Figure that out. That's really kind of, you know, 
kind of a raw deal there that they handed to him. But I think that he's still going to get a shot at the beginning of this season, and it's going to be so huge. I, I really do think that we have a shot for Jose Barrero to break out. And, and, and I'll pull that graphic back up for our YouTube folks here. But the one other thing that I will note is the slugging percentage. We kind of talk about, um, you know, we want to see some extra base potential from guys and things like that. You'll notice that it's low. I noticed that it's low. And I was like, hmm. But that batting average of 286, the plate discipline doesn't worry me all that much. And kudos to Doug because in his article on Red Leg Nation talking about Jose Barrero, he mentioned the fact that, you know, as a whole, the Puerto Rican Winter League has a slugging percentage of 301. So Jose Barrero is still above league average for that. And you like to see that. I, I, I just, I continue to believe that the Reds are far better off if Jose Barrero figures this thing out and he is working very hard this offseason to make sure that he breaks out. And I'm looking forward to see what he can bring to the Reds. Uh, coming up, uh, people are mad about the New York Mets spending money. And they use the Reds a lot as a comparison for this. I'm not for a couple of different reasons. And I'll give you what those reasons are coming up next. But first, as we get into the holiday season, something that is important to remember. Look, you're hanging out with some friends and you're probably putting back a few drinks. And a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think for calling for a ride, but then you're like, nah, I, I live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I want to let you know you can follow the podcast on every single podcasting platform, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching Locked on Reds, thank you so much. Make sure you click that subscribe button and hit the bell to get notified whenever we have some new content for you. Like tomorrow, we're going to have our live Aloha Friday edition where we will be reacting to the Will Myers news. We'll be looking at what the Reds need to do next, and we're going to be taking your questions and your comments because Aloha Friday is all about interacting with you and talking Reds with you right here on the YouTube channel. So make sure you check us out. You can also follow us on Twitter in between episodes. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. I'm seeing a lot here, and a lot of it's got to do with the Mets signing Carlos Correa for over $300 million after all they've already done with like Justin Verlander and, and all the different moves that they've made. And there, there are some people, some fans, but more so different reports that you're seeing about, uh, they always call them rival executives or something in Major League Baseball and how they're upset with what Steve Cohen is doing. And I'm seeing a lot of people saying some different stuff. I love it. Steve Cohen is saving baseball. 
hear me out on this. These last couple of years, the offseason has moved at a snail's pace. Superstars signing maybe a week before the trucks leave for spring training. Like, remember when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were free agents and how long that drew on? You can't tell me that there wasn't collusion there, that the owners were getting together and saying, who wants them? All right, how much are we willing to spend? How much do we want to really spend on this? And sure, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still made so much money, but at the end of the day, I, I believe that there was collusion on there. Steve Cohen came in and said, hold my beer. That's why you've seen such a frantic pace this offseason with all these different big signings. It's because they know that Steve Cohen will sign all of them if they don't go get them. If they don't go get the player that they want in free agency, Steve Cohen's going to sign them. And there were, there were some quotes that I saw of, again, rival executives saying that it's like, okay, if he had just gone over the luxury tax like a little bit and they call it the Steve Cohen line because they knew that he was going to spend money, but if he, if he just went over that line a little bit, nobody would have batted an eye. But it's the fact that he ran past it, kept going, and is now so far down the road that you can't even see him as far as like how much money the Mets payroll is compared to everybody else that he absolutely, and I love this quote, that he shoved the CBA in Rob Manfred's face and in every owner's face and embarrassed them. Does that not fire you up? I love the fact that he is putting this on notice because for years, the ownership in, in Major League Baseball have played it cool in the CBA by not adding a salary cap and a salary floor. They've always said, well, this luxury tax is going to, uh, you know, dissuade people from spending too much money. And for a while, they were right. And Steve Cohen said, hold my beer. He's he's the, the level of luxury tax that they set for him was passed so long ago because the Mets payroll is near 400 million. I believe the what they called the Cohen luxury tax level, I think it was like 260 million or something. He's almost double that. I mean, he is, he's way up there, and I love the fact that he's done that. And there's fans that are saying, well, that's why the sport's broken, and that's why they need a salary cap. It's not – Cohen is not the reason. Cohen is exposing the fact that this needs to be changed. That's why I think that Steve Cohen is saving baseball. By doing what he's doing, he's putting it in the other owners' minds – that if you don't set a salary cap, if you don't tell me how much money I can spend, I'm just going to spend whatever I want to. And I'm going to shame you. And your fans are going to look at your payroll and wonder why it is so ridiculously lower. The Reds payroll, I think even with Will Myers, is something like $30 million less than the Mets luxury tax penalty. He is exposing the fact that there are so many owners that have just followed the status quo for years and have said, okay, we spend a little bit and spend a couple of dollars. And you know what? If it doesn't work out and if we don't make the playoffs, well, hey, we're, we're a small market team. And I wore this T-shirt for a reason. If you're listening on a podcast app right now, I wore my Cincy small market big heart T-shirt because the, the talking point the 
hot uh what, what what is the word the buzzword the buzzword small market doesn't mean anything it is a way for owners to explain why they don't want to spend that much money and yeah i know steve cohen's in new york and new york is obviously the biggest market in the country but he is making everyone else embarrassed because they can spend the money that he's spending in some cases and they just choose not to i i, I think that's what steve cohen has done is ultimately going to save baseball and it's going to take a few years and there's going to be, there's going to be some, some hand wringing. There's going to be some, there's going to be some tough times coming up. I think when it comes to getting this done, but the fact that baseball has gone this long being the only major professional sport in the country that doesn't have a salary cap, that's about to change. It's going to take a few years and it's going to be dirty. But Steve Cohen has shown every other owner that if y'all want to keep sitting on your hands and thinking that you're going to get the players that you want to get and build the team that you want to build, good luck. And I love him for that. And, and, and I'm going to be amongst the throng, uh, throng that, uh, you know, counts the Mets as like the, the, the new villains of major league baseball because they have all this money and they spend all this money and they have an all-star team. It's like not even a real team. Like they're so ridiculous we always joke that real life doesn't work like MLB the show. Steve Cohen is proving that wrong. Like the Mets are just ridiculously good. And the fact that they're not the favorites to win the world series is hilarious, but they are exploiting major league baseball for what they have gotten by gotten along doing for so long that now owners are really going to have to take notice. And I believe that franchises like our, our beloved Cincinnati Reds, that they can try these philosophies of having low payrolls and still trying to win. But at the end of the day, if we get to a point where the Reds are good and they meet the Mets in the playoffs, can you honestly say that they're going to be favored? What is the situation in which the Reds could build a roster that would make them favored over the Mets. Unless the Reds get an ownership group that wants to spend as much as Steve Cohen does, I don't see one. So, baseball's got to change. And I thank Steve Cohen so much for doing that because Steve Cohen is saving baseball. All right, that's going to wrap us up here on this edition of Lockdown Reds. Coming up tomorrow, like I mentioned, live Aloha Friday edition. You're not going to want to miss it. You get to drive the ship with questions, comments, and, and all of that great stuff as we want to interact with you and talk some Reds baseball. Steve will be back on tomorrow's episode. Make sure you join us. It'll be at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. I don't think I mentioned that here recently, but yes, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, the live Aloha edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast is coming at you. And thanks for making the Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen locked on sports today the locked on sports today podcast covers all the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions to the big game recaps and they've got the take of the day that's locked on sports today just like locked on reds free and available on all platforms as the reds move along this offseason there's still more to do still more to see still more for the reds to get and hopefully stabilize this roster a little bit more so we're going to be all over the rumors all over the news and we're going to be locked on reds every single day.